Thanks for tapping into The Shift is Real, a podcast where we have casual conversations about growth, discuss stories of personal transformation, and share moments of insight. I'm your host, Tiffany Wright. I'm so grateful to have you on this journey and excited to talk about these shifts. So let's get into it, y'all. Please be advised, explicit language may be used. Hey y'all, thanks for tapping into another episode of The Shift is Real. I'm your host, Tiffany Wright, and as always, I'm grateful to share this space with you. So, you know, we've been getting into the Gifts of Grief series, and this is our last episode of the series. Today, we are going to be talking about fulfillment fulfillment, life fulfillment. When someone dies, at least for me, (laughs) I automatically think of, man, did they feel fulfilled at the end of their life? Like, did they feel at peace with walking away from this lived experience? I think about fulfillment often and I've talked about this in the earlier episode around life and purpose, but a sense of fulfillment is really important to me. I, there's a book and there's a book, (laughs) there's a book that a palliative nurse wrote doing reflection on the top regrets that many people have in their lives um, on their deathbed. And so she works with people who are preparing to, you know, die. And, um, and so she collected questions, surveys from many of her patients. And that's what this book is based off of. And some of the regrets that people had at the end of their life was working too hard, not traveling, not spending more time with their family, um, not taking a chance on love, uh, working from a place of obligation and not finding something that they were passionate about um, and being afraid to try things. And so I remember reading this sometime in my 20s, and it made me think about regret for the first time. Like as a young person, you're just living, right? You're just doing what you're doing. But reading excerpts from this book, I was like, wow, people really die and they have heaviness on their heart, you know? And I was like, I don't want that. And so as I got closer to the death experience, not me dying, but people in my life dying, I saw usually what the trajectory of what atonement looks like at the end of life and people trying to make peace, um, apologize and, you know, um, tell people that they love them and uh, just come to a place of acceptance. Like I, I see it. I I see it when it happens. And 
I feel like that's people's effort to move from a place of peace. That happened with my stepdad. Um, so I've been, if you haven't uh, listened to all the episodes in this series, this series is partially for you and partially for me as I'm going through my own grief process um, in relation to my mom's last husband. My mom died in 2018. She was married when she died and her husband died uh, recently, January 2023. And I had a lot of complex feelings uh, in the midst of my grief in connection to his death. And so I decided that I wanted to use the lessons and reflections that I've had in this grief process as a podcast series. Hey, hey, hey. So I'm talking about grief in relationship to him. <clears throat> so let's say August 2022, we got in an argument and I basically decided to just not talk to him anymore. And, um, and so sometime in like November or the end of October or November of 2022, he reached out to me via text message (laughs) and he apologized and he said, I need you to accept my apology. And so for me, the argument that we had yeah, I thought it was inappropriate, but knowing where he was in life, I'm just like, you're just a miserable man. And you know, you're, you're declining, you're angry, you're angry at the world, you're angry that my mom is dead, like you're angry at a lot of stuff. And I'm not about to take it personal. And I like to live in peace. So I try not to be holding stuff against people. And so he apologized. Um, I accepted the apology because for me, it just, it wasn't that big of a deal. But seeing, but seeing him get to that place of trying to reach atonement because he knew that he may not have that much time left. I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. So when I think about fulfillment, I think of not only your lived experiences, but maybe regret that you have around love, relationships, connections, um, or just the reflection of fulfillment that you fulfilling the reflection of the experience of fulfillment that has been had in relationships, right? Like I feel like um, people can have friendships, but they don't feel like fulfilling friendships. I feel like people can be in love and have romantic connections, but it doesn't mean that those connections feel fulfilling, you know? And I think for me, when it comes to relationships, like you can't control everything, but you can be intentional and you can be present to what exists, how you show up, how people show up, you know, 
you both do your best to repair when necessary, to pour into when necessary, to nurture when necessary. And when I think of his process, I question like, did you even have fulfilling relationships? Because you weren't a completely open, transparent or intimate person. But then I had to realize that is what fulfilling is for me when it comes to relationships. Like I am not fulfilled or I do not feel full in a relationship if it does not feel deep enough. Like if we're just talking about surface stuff, like I can entertain it, but it's not going to be a significantly high value relationship. For me, yeah, okay, light surface talk is cool. Like, I want to know your dreams. I want to know your hopes. I want to know your challenges. I want to know what makes you you. I want to know what's going to get you to your next level. I want to know your imperfections, what you're working through, how I can support you. I want to know what your areas of growth are. Um, your strengths, your opportunities. Like, I want to know all these things. These are the things that, for me, create a sense of intimacy, connection, um, trust, vulnerability, security, like getting to really know the depth of a person, how they see the world, how they see themselves. That is what creates fulfilling relationships for me. When it comes to work. Work can only be fulfilling for me if it's connected to my purpose. I don't know how to just, well, let me not say that. I don't choose to just do busy work. Meaning like, I know that some people, they are focused on the obligation of taking care of themselves and their family. So they don't perceive themselves to have the agency or the choice to do work that they would feel passionate about or they would feel like is connected to their purpose. You're looking at stability. You're looking at the check. You're looking at the benefits, right? And so that's all just, to me, it's a matter of perception because there's people that find a way to be stable, take care of themselves, and feel driven because of purpose and passion. There's people that can just feel driven no matter what they do, and then there's other people that might do things out of obligation just because they need to take care of themselves. For me personally, because, you know, the question that we're posing is, what does fulfillment look like for you? How do you create a life of fulfillment? What exists in a life of fulfillment? So for me, if I'm talking about fulfilling work, it has to be connected to purpose. Doesn't mean that everything that involves that method of making money is going to be enjoyable, is going to be exciting, it's going to be passionate, but the general 
outcome, the general goal, the general objective of that mode of making money is connected to purpose. Now, it's totally possible that there are some modes of making money that aren't going to be connected to my purpose. They are going to be connected to stability, but I have to have the balance of purpose there. Like that is what is extremely important for me, for sure. I talked about my path to connecting to and choosing purpose earlier. I noticed that purpose really looks different for everyone. And it doesn't mean that you have to have a business. It doesn't mean you have to have some flashy job. It doesn't mean that you have to have social media followers and making impact in one way. I think that when it comes to purpose, people can be connected to purpose in a lot of different ways. You know, I think about my grandfather who... I feel like his purpose was to um, really teach the power of intellect as well as service. Like my grandfather didn't go to church. He wasn't a volunteer or anything like that. But he helped people in the way that he could. You know, people that were selling things around our neighborhood, he may not really have needed what they were buying, but he bought it as a means of support. When family members would be having challenges, I mean, he talked a lot of mess and sometimes hold stuff over your head, <laughs> but he would help people. He would give people things or keep, give people money, um, provide space for people to live. Like he was a giver and he told me life is so much better when you're focused on giving as opposed to taking. And I believe that. I have another, I have like two other friends that are very, giving oriented people and they give a lot i have a friend who he gives so much and sometimes i'd be like don't you want to keep some for yourself or (laughs) don't you want to give something back for yourself but he he is special in that way that he he wants to make the world a better place for people he wants people to feel happy and to feel safe and for people to be able to do things that bring them bring them joy and so he likes to fund support people's ability to do that you know um my grandfather retired from work or the military same difference like in his early 50s um so i never saw him working <laughs> but in giving things like in being a service driven person i saw that that was part of his purpose he was so self-taught um he always spent time watching c-span <laughs> and 
CNN and reading so much. He read so much and he was super like a Socratic thinker. You know, you come in to the house and sit you down and ask you questions. It's probably kind of where I get that from. But he liked to ask you open-ended questions. He never really asked yes or no questions. But he definitely always liked to ask open-ended questions to stimulate dialogue and to challenge people to challenge their own thought processes. And when he died, which was in 2016... And still to this day, there are people that talk about, man, you know, your grandfather, I just remember having conversations with him. I miss having conversations with him. I miss talking to him about different topics. And I wonder what he would think about this topic now, or I wonder what his view would be of like this political or social issue. And to the point of legacy, you know, like, um, I feel like your purpose is, can be left like, like, um, what am I trying to say? <laughs> There's evidence of your purpose left in your legacy. Right. And, um, to the point of fulfillment, I feel like the more that you exist in your purpose, the more fulfilling life is. Now, this is not to say that my grandfather was walking around like, yes, it is my purpose to help people question their thoughts and to give to people, you know, but he just connected to it intuitively. And my grandfather didn't really have any complaints. Like he felt like pretty fulfilled. But I will say, I was like, dang, he don't go nowhere. He don't do nothing. He sit in his room. He sit on a porch, like he be doing the same stuff, and he feel fulfilled. Watching him, <laughs> I was like, I cannot do that. That cannot be my life. I have to get up out into the world and see it, and that's just that's how I've been. That's just how I've been. And even when I've tried to have periods of time where I'm like. I'm going to be like the people and not go anywhere and do anything and just stay put. Then I feel like inside, I'm like, what's going on? The world is closing. This can't happen. Oh my gosh. I'm so like not wanting to be here. This is not the life I want. Like that's my internal um, chaos that I'd be experiencing. But it's led me to realize that, okay, yeah, having purpose is definitely part of living a fulfilling lifestyle. But for me, Tiffany, experiences are key. Um, I'm so drawn to to art and and in all types of mediums i am drawn to nature to being outside to travel i'm drawn to experiences that elicit like a very jovial sense of joy that 
ability to create those memories that one day maybe I won't even remember who knows but at least in the present to be able to have these moments and I'd be like wow I got to experience that I really got to experience that sometimes I have these moments when I'm traveling where I want to cry because I'm like I can't believe right now I'm in this place doing this thing wow I never would have imagined myself there like that is one of the most captivating experiences for me like I remember when I, I went to Mexico last year I rented this beautiful large beach home on a beach and I was on the balcony and I had woke up one morning and I had my tea and I was like I am really on the balcony of a mansion on a private beach in Cozumel, Mexico for my birthday with some of my closest friends. Like that is a beautiful experience to me. And I live for those kind of moments to be like, wow, I'm really seeing this art. Wow, I'm really watching this play. Wow, I'm really experiencing this with this person. Um, and it could be local, it could be abroad, but I love having those moments of gratitude where I romanticize my life. I've told you that I romanticize my life. And it's just the richness of the experience. And when I have those moments where I feel tired or I feel defeated or I feel doubtful or I feel down, I can go through my pictures. I can go through videos. I can just go through my journal. I can sit and reflect and be like, yeah, this is like this right now, but I've experienced the other side of this. Like, I get to have access to do these things, you know, maybe once I'm out of this place or maybe once, you know, I get some money or X, Y, and Z. But experiences, I feel like they keep me going because I've learned that I'm such a sensory-based person in the sense of, I keep doing this, these double words. I'm a sensory-based person in the sense of, I need to expand my vocabulary. Um, I'm a sensory-based person. And the context of that is when I'm experiencing something, I really like to be mindful and engage as many of my senses as possible. So I like to be in the moment be present and inhale the moment. I like to um, listen to what's around me. I like to really observe what's going on. I like to, if possible, feel the textures around me. Um, if I'm eating or drinking, clearly I like to slowly embrace the taste. And the more that I'm able to 
stimulate my senses in a a special way these are captivating memories for me and it makes me feel like alive like my senses are being used <laughs> you know so i think that that's what makes me feel alive um and so very much connected with that is joy i experience fulfillment in simple moments of joy just and I would say for me joy and gratitude are really connected but I can just be talking with a friend and just be like god I'm just so grateful for your friendship for your love for your for your kindness or um I could be doing something silly and just laughing and thinking about man, little Tiffany loves this or would love this. Or I just have these moments of feeling completely liberated and free because I know how heavy life can be. I know how heavy relationships could be. I know how heavy responsibilities could be. And having pure moments of joy just is like the essence of liberation to me. My company, The Bee Life, B stands for Beatific Ecstasy. And I made B stand for that because when I first established it back in 2013, the notion of self-love being a pathway for individuals to reach self-actualization and enter in a state of uh, enlightenment and 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 complete authentic ecstasy was something that was so important to me you know um to be able to sit in gratitude and appreciation and joy for who you are what you have how you exist your uniqueness your beauty your strength whatever you want it to be um, and whatever be you wanted to embrace was and still is important to me. Gratitude puts a lot into perspective, especially when we feel like we are lacking, when we feel like we're losing, when we feel like we're behind, when we feel like we're not good enough. It's easy for those type of thoughts to creep in. I experience those kind of thoughts. Um, just one as a human, two, I think definitely when I'm having depressive episodes, the distorted thoughts are there, but when you see the word like more or better, all these comparative words, um, which are infused in all of our advertisements, which are infused in tons of motivational content and which really is just the natural consequence of advertising, right? Like the whole point of advertising is to make you feel like you need what's being sold to you, you know? And so you have influencers that are salespeople, essentially. And these content creators who are salespeople, regardless if it's a coach regardless if it's uh, somebody getting a discount code, whatever it is, 
people are always selling this idea of buy more, get this, so you can be this, so you can have this, so your home could be this, so your body could be this, so your mind could be this, so your uh, business can be this. It's always this concept of get something to become something, get something to improve, to increase, you know, and just the idea of existing in the gratitude for what you have, I feel like that helps balance this internal sense of pressure that we're not good enough or we need more to be able to get to a place of contentment or fulfillment in life. Gratitude is so important and I have a gratitude practice in the sense of First thing I do when I wake up, I say 10 things I'm grateful for and why. And most days I do that before I go to bed too. But during the day when, if there are times where I'm feeling frustrated about something, I really do my best to engage with gratitude in that moment. It's one of the reasons that I created my journal, Grounded in Gratitude, which... um, The second version was republished in December 2022. Um, The first version was published in sometime in 2020 because during, um, what is that? During quarantine, I did an IG live series called Grounded in Gratitude. And I wanted to focus on gratitude because I knew that people were impatient, angry, bothered, all of the things by being quote unquote trapped in their house or their freedom being cut off or their agency being cut off. And um, gratitude became a practice that I was sharing with others so that they can focus on what they have as opposed to what they don't have. And I feel like this really helps you get to a state of fulfillment because focusing on what you have brings you joy. It brings you contentment. I think about how I just don't think that my stepdad had any type of fulfillment. Like, According to him, according to his family, he was not a good brother. He was not a good husband. He was not a good parent. He didn't manage his life well, you know? And so being able to, I don't know, just witness how the string of connections that your choices make, how it impacts you at the end of life. That is something that um, I've been thinking about quite a bit. I had that those those reflections when it came to my mom too, but especially in relationship to my stepdad, because I was just like, 
my mom had been married four times. My, this last marriage was her fourth marriage. And he'd been married five or six times. And um, and I think about how my mom didn't really, I mean, yeah, she had her version of happiness in her relationships, but I don't feel like she really experienced like whole fulfillment in her relationships, partially because she had a lot of her own inner challenges and as many people look to bypass their own wounds and inner challenges and hope that uh, romantic love can fill a void or provide soothing or relief or escape you know you don't really get to have a whole and full relationship when you are disconnected from the wounded parts of yourself, you know? Um, and then you just hope that the relationship gives you the relief that your wounds are causing pain around, you know what I mean? I think about how angry I was that my mom married this man because he left um, the state in abyss of disarray and my mom left behind a home that he just didn't take care of. And so it was like, listen, your biggest goal in life, one of them was to be able to leave behind property for your children. And even though you felt fulfilled in the acquisition of this home, look what this man did to your legacy. Look what this man that you chose, how it not only impacted you, but it impacted your children, right? And so the choices that led you up to the point of choosing this man and carrying out the end of your days with this man, how that impacts the two beings that were the most important to you, your children, you know, that has been something that has come up a lot for me, right? Like, should I enter the spiritual journey of marriage? How does my spouse treat my family when I'm gone? How am I able to connect to my spouse's family should he be gone? Or, or even not if gone, <laughs> but alive, like how do we impact each other's lives? What ripples what domino effects do we make, you know? Um, what domino effects do our healed aspects of ourselves have in each other's lives? And what domino effect does the unhealed part or the healing part of ourselves make, you know? A person's life at the end is the sum total 
of all their decisions and all their experiences. And so it makes me question like, dang, like your family don't really have nothing positive to say about you. And you don't really have nothing positive to say about yourself. Like what kind of life is that? (laughs) You know, and not from a place of judgment, but from a place of questioning for myself, right? And it led me to a place of gratitude. Like, should I die right now? I I would be grateful for the life that I've lived. I would be grateful for the love that I've experienced. I would be grateful for what I was exposed to, what I was learned, what I learned. I'd be grateful for the relationships that I had. I'd be grateful for the ways that people allowed me to care for them and to love them. And as much as I have moments where I could complain or feel like I could do more or feeling adequate, like just being able to know that each day that I live, that I know that if it was the last that I lived, that I would be I could say that I felt fulfilled, like that is so important to me. Even every time that I have experienced death, you know, going back to like the last episode around relationships, one thing that I didn't talk about was clearing the air. Like, If something happened to the people that I loved the most, what was the last conversation I had with them? What was the last thing that I said to them? If they died, would they have known Tiffany loved me? Tiffany cared about me? Now, that is something that is very heavy for me. You know, like if I have a disagreement with somebody or like we're not on the same page, or there's like funky energy. Like it doesn't happen all the time, but I at least try to, you know, purify the atmosphere with the I love you, I'm thinking about you, you matter to me. Um, If there's someone I haven't talked to in a while and they're on my mind. Like sometimes I just shoot them a text like, hey, thinking about you. I miss you. I love you. Hope you're doing well, you know. And that was something that my mom often did. Um, and actually, I think about it. My grandfather, he was pretty good for, oh, I'm not calling you for nothing. Just calling to see how you're doing. <laughs> Like if I didn't answer that, that's what on the voicemail. Oh, I didn't want nothing. I'm not calling you for nothing, you know? And as much as I love intimacy, sometimes like that is just important. Just connecting with people so that you're connected to them, you know? Like so much life happens and people don't always think to disclose what's going on in their life. They don't always think to disclose the challenges that they're having, you know. Um, When I was younger, I mean, I've never been nosy in the sense of just, oh, I just want to know your business just because. 
but it's always just been from a place of I want to make sure that you're okay. I want to know like what you're being faced with, what you're being challenged with, because I might not be able to do anything up front, but I want to be praying for you. I want to be thinking about you. And I definitely believe in the power of concentrated thought and energy and whatever people want to call that, whether it's praying, manifesting, whatever. Like, I believe in the power of concentrated energy. <laughs> there was a, a <laughs> person that I was dating and I was like, you know, sometimes I just like to know what's going on just because and they're like oh so you nosy and I'm like no I just want to know what's going on in your life like well I mean if I tell you certain things you might not be able to do anything okay but I don't see that information and solutions always have to be tied I think that for me personally I feel comfortable just having information I might not be able to do anything with it but um information gives me a sense of clarity or understanding around what's going on what to expect how to interact like information is a is a safety thing for me and um so to just you know i thrive in the space of self-awareness because <laughs> information about myself why i do what i do why i show up the way that i show up is important to me you know um and so being able to just check on people just because I think is is important. And um, if there is stale energy or some, you know, sucky interaction or something like that, like being able to just have the point of reference of saying, hey, I, I reached out or I connected. Um to me, when I think about fulfillment, that eliminates the possible sting of regret. And I know that I know that feeling very well because my mom called me 20 minutes before she died and she was speaking in a very morbid way and she was like calling to tell me I love you and to apologize for things and for eight months that call the same day every Wednesday at 10 9 p.m played in my head for eight months because I was sad and angry at myself that I didn't just say I love you back, but I went into solution mode. Like it seemed like she was in distress. I could hear it in her voice and something felt uncomfortable. So I just went to, okay, mom, you're making me nervous. What's going on? We need to get you to a doctor. Like I went into solution mode. So that's part of the reason why now <clears throat> sometimes I just like listening and sometimes I just like knowing information and I do not hop into a solution oriented mode because everything isn't about control or being fixed or repair. Sometimes it's good to just know how a person is, 
what a person is doing um, and just like let them fill up space just because. And that is something that I'm much more, um, I'm, I'm so better with that to let people just fill up space just because without me interjecting, like I have to say something, defend something, fix something, help something, improve something, heal something, support something. Like my love and my connection with people don't have to be performative. And it doesn't have to be defined by what I do or what I can do for them. And I feel like that experience with my mom um, helped me have more fulfillment in my relationships to know that I don't have to do stuff as a friend, that I could just show up, that I could just hold space, that I could just love on someone, that I could just laugh, that I could just encourage, you know. I didn't expect to go there, but I'm glad that I did. <laughs> um, because it it has been a, a big part of, a big part of my journey. Um, very, very much so when it comes to fulfillment. Um also making me realize that um, fulfillment for me doesn't always need to be action oriented. Like it doesn't have to always be me doing something or being something. I've also gotten a lot of fulfillment out of the value of just existing, like being able to be still, being able to rest, being able to quote unquote do nothing. Like I was journaling for like two hours yesterday, <laughs> maybe like two or three hours before. Um, yes, I had planned to work on podcasts. Yes, I had planned to send emails. Yes, I had planned to do all this extra productive stuff. But I know the space that I was in for my own healing or restoration that I needed to just rest that I need to just journal, that I need to just lay. And so I will also say that I've learned to get fulfillment in the, the art of doing nothing, having sweet nothing. Um, that has been uh, beautiful for me. I know that a lot of value, or I know that many people get a lot of their value from their roles, their job, and what they do, right? Either what they do in the world, what they do in people's lives, what they do in certain spaces. And I realized for myself that there is is not fulfillment in that for me, right? Like there is a part of me that finds fulfillment in purpose-driven work. I've said that. But there is a part of me that finds fulfillment in the reality that I am a worthy, lovable, valuable being and just existing in my light and in my divine presence. Like that is where I exist now. And I will say that 
I got that from um, my grief process with my grandfather. Uh, I, I mentioned to you that he did not do like formal work. <laughs> His day was like, get up, go make some coffee, um, go sit on the porch for a couple of hours. People watch, you know, people would come to the porch. He'll talk shit to people. Maybe he'll call somebody. Then he'll go into his room or the living room, watch, you know, History Channel, C-SPAN, CNN, whatever, book TV, take a nap, go back out on the porch, come back in to watch TV, have another cup of coffee, some lunch. Like, this was his day. This was his day, watching TV, porch, bed, uh, coffee, food, like, talking to somebody that was his day and I remember like sometimes like man he don't be doing nothing you know like don't you want to do something but like the sweetness of doing nothing um and just being able to exist in the joy of simple pleasures is also really fulfilling like I will say that my grandfather felt very fulfilled because he had love, he had connection, he had family members that he, you know, valued, he had some core relationships. Um, you know, like I said, he gave, he had a lot of intellectual stimulation. And so it is just interesting, even in this moment, being able to look at the end of life for my grandfather versus end of life for my stepdad, um, my grandfather died around 83 and my stepdad died at 80. And my grandfather definitely had much more fulfillment in his life, um, definitely in his last years than my stepdad. You know, my grandfather felt fulfilled by my accomplishments and that of his other grandchildren or people that he knew. He felt proud and it felt like a part of him when someone else experienced joy and when someone else got to do something um, that was positive, you know. And so I don't get fulfillment in that, but that brings joy to me, right? And I said that Fulfillment for me is connected to joy and gratitude. Like I do experience gratitude. I do experience joy when people that I know in my life are doing things that make them happy or in relationships that feel fulfilling or bring joy and light to them or just are taking care of themselves or reaches some level of satisfaction in life, you know, like I do get joy from that. I experience gratitude when my clients tell me that I'm a good therapist or not even I'm a good therapist, but they've experienced a breakthrough or they've experienced a transition or a transformation or some type of shift or someone, you know, feels impacted by something that I've put out in the world or someone just feels closer to themselves and it has nothing to do with me. I get gratitude and joy from that. So that is a that is an insight I didn't really realize until right now. But 
I want to leave you with the questions around how do you define fulfillment? What does fulfillment mean to you? What would be included in a fulfilling life for you? Do you feel do you feel fulfilled by your life right now if you were to die today? Feel free to sit on these, you know, like I said, feel free to hop on uh, good old Instagram, Twitter, you know, uh, share this episode, answer a question, tag me, tell me your thoughts. Feel free to go to the website, livethebelife.com and send me a message. Um you know, subscribe, drop a review, um, break the podcast, share this with somebody. Uh, I want to know your thoughts. I want to know how it's impacted you. want to know what your answers to the questions are. That's all for now, y'all. This is the end of our grief series. I really hope that you got something from it. I hope that If these aren't questions that you've thought about, that maybe my reflections um, help you reflect a little bit more on your life, the relationships that matter, the experiences that matter, the rituals, the practices, the beliefs, um, the understandings of yourself, how you move about your relationships how you move towards purpose, how you create meaning in life, um, how you foster relationships, how you're working towards a life of fulfillment, um, all that good jazz, all right? So the next series that we'll be kicking off with is drumroll, transformation through relationships. because grief around the loss of somebody made me think about my relationship with them, but it also makes me think about my relationship with myself and other people. So naturally talking about grief around the loss of someone um, just makes me think about how relationships can transform us, you know? My reflections around this have been transformative because I get to connect to myself deeper. I get to check in with myself. I get to process the spectrum of emotions around um, my stepdad, his life, what it meant, what it didn't mean, the implications, the impact of it, um, the areas that I want to work on as a person, you know. Um, the things that matter to me, the things that I want to let go, you know, all that anger that I experienced, I've had to do a lot of work to let go. I might have a little bit still there, but it's, it's pretty much gone because I've, I've learned to focus on the lessons and I've gotten to a place of extending grace and I've learned to focus on the love and the abundance that I have and the wholeness of relationships that I have in the present, you know, um, we're all just doing our best and being angry at people that are doing their best don't really do too much for us, you know? So 
all I can do is be in control of my decisions and I can be intentional with my decisions, how I love people, how I take care of my responsibilities, how I live my life, how I show up for myself, how I show up for other people, and how I leave my imprint on this world. So there's that. Sending you hugs, sending you peace. Um, Till next time, y'all. Well, y'all, that's the end of today's episode. I hope that you got something from it. Thank you so much for your support. Please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, share this with a friend. I am accessible via my website, www.livethebelife.com. You can feel free to shoot me an email. If you want to subscribe to my newsletter, I send out newsletters once or twice a month. I'm on Instagram and Twitter handle at the T-H-E underscore B-E underscore life. Also have a Facebook page. All my products are available online on Amazon, but they're also listed on my website. Hope that you move forward in your day, in your week, feeling connected to yourself and grounded. Hope that you just stay aware of the shifts that are going on within and around you because they're always happening. Don't forget, seek to shift, seek to grow, seek to be you. Until next time, be well.